Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit national gambling support line 800-522-4700. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Horse Racing Northwest from Emerald Downs, the television studio. Here on the ground floor of the building, Joe Withy, Vince Brune, as we move along in February of 2022. Vince, good day to you. Good day, Joe. It is uh, less than two weeks till training begins here for our 2022 season, one of the real rites of spring. And uh, sounds like we're going to have a little Facebook Live show going on that morning. Might uh, think about that. I think we usually start about 8 or 8.30. We'll have uh, better details on that going forward. Yeah. Monday, February 28th, horses will be on the track training at Emerald Downs for the 2022 season, which begins on May 15th. Sunday, May 15th is opening day for the season. And training starts in uh, less than two weeks now. So we are certainly jazzed about that for another season at Emerald Downs. The stake schedule's out. Horseman incentives uh, duly noted. Uh, you can find a lot more information there at Emerald Downs Facebook page or emeralddowns.com. As we've talked about both of those, the mile, August 14th this year, up to $150,000. We're going to be talking a little bit more about the mile on today's Horse Racing Northwest podcast. And so uh, some big news in the Washington thoroughbred racing industry. Vince, uh, House Bill 1928 has passed the Washington State House, and it passed with a vote of 90 to 8, and it's on to the Senate. And this bill could put uh, more than a jump in our step around here for this year. Yeah, I'm being cautiously optimistic as we go forward here. Yeah, another big hurdle cleared, and uh, what it would mean is uh, bigger purses uh, right off the bat. That and is... We all know that would be a tremendous shot in the arm for our industry. That is huge. Uh, the money comes from uh, tax taxation through horse-related products all across the state. 
So it's tax money that's already uh, being collected, and the horse racing industry would get approximately half of that money. And it's a big jump in purses, which would be uh, in effect on opening day, May 15th, although the money wouldn't come in apparently until July. But mm -hmm. we'll structure our purse structure accordingly, knowing that we are going to get the money. It goes to horse breeders, horse aftercare, yeah. smaller tracks in Washington. It's just a tremendous uh, jump for the racing industry locally. And, you know, with the, what's been going on around the West, Turf Paradise got money right. from their state and Arizona Downs, and their purses are fantastic this year and going to be next year. Uh, Hastings Park got money from the provincial government. They have their casino back open at Hastings. Yeah. Grants Pass could be doing well with the institution of the instant racing machines, of which, what, the Flying Lark building is uh, under yes, construction? Yes, but they've got other issues going on down there right now, so we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, and you mentioned it, Joe, just for any horse-related activities in our state, this would be a, a really... Uh, tremendous uh development and you know you and i kind of follow racing around the nation and and you know let's be honest we've kind of lagged behind yes, here a little bit the have. last couple decades and uh you know it's competitive out there and you got uh, you know the first thing prospective horsemen and owners look at is in the condition book is the size of the purse so um and as you mentioned it would basically be financed by people who participate and uh, earn livings uh through uh many equine industries so uh it's it's needed and i you know i like i said i'm being cautiously optimistic and we've seen what it's done to other states around the nation when they get such an influx of uh of money so uh on to the washington state senate and they'll go to committee there and a vote uh, eventually so uh, contact your local senator in your district and tell them that Washington needs this. Washington Racing needs this. Again, we have fallen behind many states and provinces, and the Muckleshoots have certainly done their part. They've been putting mm -hmm. money into purses since uh, 2004, and they've added so many other things to the track as well. Right. Improvements, uh, the big screen, the fifth floor, uh, renovations, uh, added uh, incentives to early move-ins for trainers. So the Muckleshoots have done their part. Right. And uh, we need to catch up and be competitive. And, and this could really help uh, millions of dollars to purses and uh, just uh, funding for all those and, other and areas. It, you know, and it would, it, may, it may gets the economic wheel turning and that could lead to better feels for horse players to bet on, which means more wagering do? dollars. Yeah, yeah. so exactly. it's it's just an infusion of, of much needed uh, capital. We've got some great people who've worked hard and intelligently attacking this issue for us. House Bill 1928 goes through the House. Make sure you contact your local senator and tell them that this is so very important to the horse racing industry and you want them to vote yes on the forward movement of this bill. Uh, again, training coming in. Horses will begin moving into Emerald Down Stable Area for season 27 just next week. And the track will be open. Uh, looks like Wind Ribbon might be the first horse on the track. Uh, uh, looking back at the 316th pole of last August's Long Acres Mile, boy, it looked like he had made a winning move, didn't it? It, it sure did. And... Uh, 
he got a little bit uh, weary there in the final 16th. And background, you know, as we've mentioned, has that kind of will to get up. And uh, he just kind of wore him down there in the final strides. But yeah, Windribbon has been a tremendous horse here the last couple of years. He's fast, and he proved he could get a distance too. Boy, yeah, Windribbon trained by Blaine Wright. Uh, and speaking of last year's mile, background in action this weekend, Sunday at Oaklawn Park. It'll be his first start since winning the mile last August for trainer Mike Puich, owners Bob and Molly Rondo. Background in action at Oaklawn in a five and a half furlong sprint this coming Sunday, uh, and that'll be February 20th. Interesting spot there for him to come back. I'm sure they're just, as you mentioned, looking to get him going. They've mentioned maybe coming back for the mile this year. Rocco Bowen, uh, who's been riding mainly in Tampa, I noticed he is named to ride background on Sunday. Yeah, he's going to be back, and I'm sure all all are excited about that. Um, Guest today on Horse Racing Northwest, Jeff Metz, who's won four training titles here at Emerald Downs. He's going to join us. Vince is going to be working with him this year a little closer than normal, and we'll explain that. And also our new track announcer, Bill Downs, is also going to join us on Horse Racing Northwest. Bill Downs will be uh, calling the races on opening day, May 15th, after a long stint at Indiana Grand, and we'll welcome Bill on the show. Uh, Another issue that's come up recently that isn't so positive is the Long Acres Mile Mm -hmm. will not be a grade three this year, Vince. Yeah, I I was uh, bitterly disappointed to learn that news, as we all were, uh, for a number of reasons. You know, it's our only graded race. And uh, quite frankly, I I think the race has a a tremendous history, you know, any way you look at it, by uh, number of horses, by uh, talented horses, um, by prestige, you name it, the mile has had it, and uh, uh, but that's the way it goes, and they have a criteria of factors they look at. I know our track president, Phil Ziegler, and is working hard, uh, has been in contact with the people back there very diplomatically, explaining his displeasure with it, so we'll see what happens going forward, but yeah, very disappointed. Disappointing. The mile has been graded since 1976, started as a grade three, was a grade two for several years, and a grade three for uh, close to 30 years. And it just uh, seemed like it was really ill-timed. Uh, we're in the the COVID, the pandemic era, unfortunately. Uh, tracks are trying to rebound. We had to cut the purse for the mile in 2020. It's gone up uh, this year after being at 100,000 for a couple of years, and it could certainly well go up next year. Um, and if you compare it to some other grade threes that are in a right. not too distant locale, uh, it comes up, stacks up pretty good. I thought it was unnecessary. I thought track should have been warned that you are uh, on the edge. Uh, not that we could snap our fingers and change things, but uh, it just seemed the timing was was poor for that. And you know, they should take a look at things like that in our locale as well. Right. Uh, we're isolated up here, and uh, it's such a big event here. You know, the handle, right? the betting handle and the field size for the mile compares so well favorably to so many big races around the country. And, boy, you could get some testimonials on what the mile you means to a lot You and I have about that. Horsemen. Yeah, and it's just, I don't think maybe the graded committee understands the aura of the Long Acres Mile and the tremendous history the race has going back. Just one peek at the media guide would, would tell you that much. And 
one of the stats you and I like to cite is, uh, what is it, the 86th running this year or the 87th running? Average field size 10.6 over the years. I mean, that's tremendous, especially in today's day and age. Now, not all of those are great horses, but um, that is a tremendous wagering event over the years. And you just said it, the testimonials we could get from guys like Gary Stevens, we saw with Mike Puich and Rocco Bowen last year, reduced to tears mm-hmm. over winning the race. You know, it's, uh, it's a bucket list uh, race for uh, horsemen. And uh, it's, uh, it, it's kind of sad to see, but maybe there will be another chapter written in this and it's not final yet i think there's going to be another chapter written sooner than later not meaning this year i I think we're out of graded status for this year i don't see any way of that coming back but we are certainly and phil is really taking up the mantle on this issue phil ziegler our track president so he is on it okay again guests include our r jeff metz and bill downs on horse racing northwest we'll take a short break and come back with Jeff Metz here on Horse Racing Northwest. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Horse Racing Northwest continues. Thanks for joining us once again as we get closer to another season of racing at Emerald Downs. Uh, Vince is going to have some more news. Joe Withy, Vince Brune here, and we have a guest on the line. This fella has won four training titles here. Uh, His first season was 2013. He came in and won the title right off the bat. And it was pretty much Tim McKenna or Frank Lucarelli every year at Emerald Downs. And then he won two more in a row, 14 and 15. And he added a fourth training title in 2018. Vince, uh, between this gentleman, Tim McKenna, Frank Lucarelli, they've won over 80% of our training titles. That is really something. And uh, especially, as you mentioned, Jeff coming on uh later on the scene, about 17 or 18 years into the track's history. Mm -hmm. And Jeff really picked it up again last year. You gave away his name, dang it. We didn't say it yet. (laughs) Uh Uh-oh. Let us hear a big race of this trainer's uh, stable from 2021 at Emerald Downs. They round the turn and head for home. Spitting image, reaching in. Coastal Kid is right there to grab the lead. And Coastal Kid from the outside gets to the front with a 16th to go. Spitting image chasing center of the course. Stay fantastic, but it will be Coastal Kid in the Classic. Coastal Kid took the Muckleshoot Tribal Classic as a three-year-old, becoming just the second horse three-year-old to win that race. And it was, uh, he's been quite a horse. He could almost really be undefeated here at Emerald Downs. Let's bring on his trainer right now, Vince, Jeff Metz. Jeff, good day to you. Oh, nice to be with you guys. Very nice. Yeah, Jeff, uh, you've really uh, been a factor up here. We're so happy to have you. I remember meeting you back in 2013. You came up and met our staff and uh, brought some horses and uh, Vince, uh, you keep the statistics here uh, as better than anybody ever has. And Jeff has just been somebody that you had to keep your eye on from his first year here. Boy, has he ever. And in all divisions of horses, I think 
uh, Jeff, didn't you have uh, Easy Kitty when uh, was one of our top horses your first meet here, and uh, it's gone straight on through? Yeah, it was uh, it was great. She had a nice season uh, for Highlander Racing, and that, that was really a fun year. And she won Horse of the Year that yep. year, and you know how hard it is for a female horse to win over the boys. So that was quite an achievement and a, a big honor for us. Yeah, congratulations on her, and you trained. Uh, I th- didn't you train her daughter as well? Well, we had a horse called Citizen Kitty who came back exactly. and ran very nice, and she's another one that got better with age, and she won short and long and, and did well. And, you know, we can't forget Cabrage. He was a, still a, a state record holder, so right. uh, Cabrage has done well. Why Not Be Perfect was on the stakes ranks. And, of course, Coastal Kid last year. Coastal Kid almost beat uh, our Horse of the Meat top executive in a real fun muckleshoot derby last year too as joe mentioned that uh, yeah exactly i can tell you as a trainer <laughs> i mean boy there was nothing more exhilarating than coastal kid winning by a clear margin straight to the wire because as you guys know how many times has he probably cost himself a couple of races where yeah i mean he was he it, a lot of people would say that he was going and by that horse and then that horse was the eventual horse of the year so yeah that, i mean it just very unlucky. So when he did cross the line fin- first in the muckle shoot, that was such a sigh of relief because I think the horse had deserved it. He'd been knocking on the door so many times, and then sometimes he caused problems himself. So, but he's a very interesting, fun horse, and uh, he's just getting a little R and R at the farm right now, and he'll be back for the 2022 season. Fantastic! Yeah, he has. Uh, he's on the list of champion, uh, a top three-year-old. Colts or Geldings for Washington for 2021. And yeah, we were all very happy for you and your whole group there when Coastal Kid won that Muckleshoot Tribal Classic because he had some really tough near misses. But great to hear that he'll be back. And uh, Vince, you're going to be working with Jeff closely in uh, one of our popular promotions. That's right. Yeah. And at the end of the 2021 season, Sharon Ross, we all know, a Washington Hall of Fame trainer, announced her retirement. So uh, I understand Sharon and Larry are having a good time down at the farm here in, what is it, South Auburn. But uh, we needed a new trainer. And uh, Sharon had done such a fine job with the Emerald Racing Club. Um, and one of the people, persons who had expressed interest, if there ever was an opening, was Jeff. And uh We've talked uh, with Phil and myself, and Jeff and I met a couple times at the Quarter Shoot Cafe, and Jeff kind of seemed like a real natural selection here going forward. He knows, in my opinion, what kind of horses are going to fit the program here at Emerald Downs is what we need because we start each season from scratch. So congratulations, Jeff. Fun to have you on board. Yeah, I'm really excited. You know, like you guys mentioned early on, my first year at the track and my first couple of years at Emerald Downs, that was one of my big things. You know, I'd, I'd run ads. I'd try and get new people involved in racing. So from that time on, I've been doing partnerships. I've been teaching new people about racehorse ownership. So I'm excited to work with the Emerald Racing Club and, and share that enthusiasm and knowledge. And, and because I know not everybody wants to take the time to answer what people think are naive questions or something like that. But you know, uh, I'm going to put a few things together that I think that people will like, some uh, educational videos and Zoom meetings and stuff like that. So uh, I'm really excited because I like to share my passion for racing with new people because I think we always need new owners and as well as new horses because, you know, we're, we're up there in the Pacific Northwest where, you know, it can be a, 
short fields sometimes, and we don't want that to happen. So we want to bring as, as many horses as we can, and uh, this year will be one of one of my biggest numbers of horses, I think, the way it's stacking up. Fantastic. Great to hear that, Jeff. And in working with you, uh, you've just been so cooperative, and we like to approach you to talk about horses because you're well-spoken and you always have a little smile on your face. You're an optimistic guy. And Vince, I think he's going to be a great selection for he, club yeah, trainer. He, he is. And Jeff, you're going to get a, you're going to get uh, you mentioned the bombarding. You're going to get some questions from people, but one of our club mission statements is to develop besides having a great time is to develop uh, 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 ownership for uh, thoroughbred racehorses and show that it is possible to happen. So I think you really got it down there where you understand what, what the mission is. And uh, it's really going to be fun. If anyone is interested, we have plenty of openings here. Uh, go to uh, emeralddowns.com. We have a special Emerald Racing Club tab on there, uh, a registration sheet. Of course, you can email me, Vince B at emeralddowns.com, or call me, and I'm happy to meet with you and talk with you and answer any questions you might have on it. So uh, really looking forward to uh, talking about getting some horses with Jeff. Jeff, uh, so many uh, trainers at Emerald Downs uh, take maybe the winter off and, and do a little breaking and, and uh, well, some R&R, keep an eye on their uh, veteran runners. But uh, that doesn't happen much for Jeff Metz. Uh, I think you're involved <laughs> at a couple different venues currently, aren't you? Yeah, right now I'm stabled at uh, Turf Paradise with an active barn, my assistant Scott Tubbs, which a lot of you know. And so uh, we've been real steady, having a nice meet. We're sitting in fourth place. But the nice thing is, uh, you know, as as well as Santa Anita and my daughter Zoe, met, uh, you know, uh, heads that division. And the thing that's nice about these two venues is you got great weather. So you got Southern California and Phoenix where very nice weather and you can continue to train and get things ready. And, you know, sometimes the weather can be a little rough in uh, in the Auburn area in the winter, so hmm. it just makes it nice where the horses can come in race ready. Um, but I do have horses up at Pegasus. Uh, they're doing a great job breaking some horses for me. Uh, we won with a first-timer Cadillac Margarita out of that. We have Coastal Kids' younger sister out of the nice mare Cream. Nice. And so she's at Pegasus getting ready. Um, you know, we, we, we got a lot of babies that are going to be coming to Washington as well as some race-ready horses. And like like you guys said, I mean, I like to have a mix of claimers, maidens, mm. two-year-olds, and allowance and stake sources uh, as much as possible. Yeah, and you've done that so well. Uh, Jeff can manage uh, multiple locales and multiple horses. He has proven that with four titles at Emerald Downs, and a lot of those seasons uh, he ended up with horses that maybe he didn't have halfway through by uh, private purchases, claims, etc., cetera, uh, development of young horses. So, Jeff, uh, we're optimistic up here, and uh, you're always optimistic. So uh, it's a great selection having you in the racing club. Vince? Jeff, uh, one horse uh, we know from uh, Ron Bowman, Joe and I have been hearing about it for a week now, our security guy's part <laughs> owner of a horse called Coastal Jazz, uh, who won a yes. couple races up mm -hmm. here last summer, a pretty fast horse by uh, Coast Guard. He's in a tough spot tomorrow making his comeback. What do you think? Yeah, you know, he's been training good, hasn't missed a beat, worked every week. Um, you know, he came in good shape. Ron Hagen sent him in really good. And uh, we've just been clicking right along. So it is always tough off a little layoff, you know, going against solid horses. He's in an allowance, non-winners of four race. And um, 
we have Alex Cruz in the irons. He rode him and, and won on him at Emerald. So we're, we're hopeful that, uh, you know, his first race off the bench, but you got to know, I have a soft spot for Coast Guard. Yeah, you bet. <laughs> yeah. Coastal kid. And, uh, now Coastal Jazz, a fast sprinter. Uh, I think he, didn't he have two wins at the meet last year? He did at yeah. six to one and 11 to one. Nice. So, and he made 20,000 up here. Yeah. He had, he had a, a nice season for, uh, he raced for Steve, trained by Steve Bullock up here. Uh, Jeff has him down there. He's by Coast Guard out of Jasmine's Melody, Jasmine's Melody by Artax. So we can see some speed on top and the bottom of that, uh, pedigree and we can see where that comes from. Well, that'll be fun to watch tomorrow, Jeff. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we're excited to get him, uh, you know, race under his belt off the layoff. And and that's the thing, like you were mentioning, you know, sometimes you get a horse ready and it's the end of the season at Emerald Downs. But being able to go to another venue, uh, depending on the horse's caliber, you know, especially like Turf Paradise, you can continue running even after Emerald Downs is done. And then on the front end of Emerald, I could have horses with a race or two under their belt and come into uh, Emerald Downs fit and ready to go. Uh you know, some people don't like to travel as much as I do, but, um, you know, like everybody's situation is <laughs> different. But I like to give the owners and the horses the opportunity to be able to do it because, like I said, you, you always hate to get the, oh, you finally get the horse ready over some setbacks and then the meet's over. So it's nice if you can continue on when they're fit and ready to go and right where you want them. So, uh, you yep. know, but Emerald Downs has been good to me and I, I'm trying to give back. Uh, I've sat on the board there at different you know, condition book meetings and HBBA and different things. So, yeah, and I, I like to speak with people, talk to people, and show them things. So uh, that's why I'm excited to help with the Emerald Racing Club. And, and even, you know, the partnerships, like I said, it was one of the first places that I started advertising and getting partnerships together was at Emerald Downs because the marketing team was so good to work with. Fantastic. Uh you have been a pleasure to work with, and your success is well documented. Again, four titles here at Emerald Downs since his first season of 2013, and he's going to be a trainer for the Emerald Racing Club this year. Jeff, uh, good luck, and uh, we'll see you up here in the Northwest soon. That sounds great. Thank you guys very much. Thanks, thank, Jeff. Thank you, Jeff. Take care, Jeff Metz, and a member, a trainer in the Emerald Racing Club. So that is good and stuff. Jeff has a lot of other partnerships too. I've noticed he really does get people involved uh, in in the sport of thoroughbred racing. So uh, he's got a lot of young owners and excited owners. And you mentioned uh, was it Brett Brophy a couple weeks mm. ago and yeah. folks like that. So Brett, uh, Brett's first horse was Red Solo Cup and uh, stakes winner. Yeah, and he I, Bruce and Cass Smaller. I should have asked about them. The yeah. Highlander Racing. They were really classy people and love really. to see them get back involved in the sport. But you know what? If we'd made a morning line on a leading trainer for the 2022 season, I think Jeff would be among the favorites. Oh, it sounds like so. he's going to be loaded this year. Yeah, if he says he's got a lot of horses, then. Uh, He's going to be a big factor, you bet. Okay, thanks, Jeff. Uh, Bill Downs will join us in our next segment. Just a couple other things here. The Kentucky Derby Future Wager, the next pool is March 11th through the 13th. March 11th through the 13th for the Kentucky Derby Future Wager pool. I've uh, just had one conclude. Smile Happy was the lowest individual horse at 8-1. to one. By the way, he is in the Risen Star this weekend at the fairgrounds. Really good card at at uh, New Orleans Fairgrounds this Saturday. 
Classic Causeway was the second lowest horse at 13 to 1. He just won the Sam Davis real impressively as the favorite last Saturday at Tampa. And the all other three-year-olds is his heavy favorite in that previous pool at 2 to 1. So Kentucky Derby future pool March 11th to 13th is the next one. And the WTBOA banquet recognizing Washington bread success of 2021 will be on March 19th here at Emerald Downs. You can get tickets for $55 in advance at the door. Tickets are $75. However, the uh, total crowd is going to be limited a little bit this year. So it uh, behooves you to get your tickets in advance. $55 for the March 19th WTBOA annual awards banquet. And, uh, Always, unfortunately, I shouldn't say always, but there are some sad notes. We did have some passings in the industry uh, in the, this last couple months. Ron Randall passed away. So many people knew Ron from Washington Racing. He actually went to Renton High School. He lived in eastern Washington, the Yakima area, for much of his life and was well-known working on starting gates, uh, certainly Yakima Meadows for decades. He worked on the gate here at Long Acres. And uh, he was also a farrier, did a lot of horseshoeing in his time. I played a lot of golf with him in the mid-90s when Emerald Racing Association was involved over at Yakima Meadows. Really liked Ron. Uh, he passed away after a, a lengthy illness in January, age 78. And our condolences certainly to Ron and his wife, Teresa. Uh, Ed Zanker Vince passed away recently, uh, just earlier this month, uh, age 80. Ed, just uh, a real familiar face around here. He was here a lot of racing days. Nice man. Yeah. Good man. Owned a lot of horses. Always uh, was upbeat at the racetrack. You bet. And I think you understand he had quite a career in real estate. And uh, classy man. Yeah, he'll be missed, Joe. Ed Zinker, so many of those winners with the trainer Pat Mullins and uh, Swede Larson, his trainer or his co-owner in recent years, along with Pat Mullins. Uh, of course, they had uh, She's All Silk a little more than 10 years ago, hit the beach recently. You bet. Uh, top holder horse, uh, claimer of the year, Bijou Barrister were some of the uh, good runners that Ed owned. And uh, boy, he was a horse owner for a lot of years. And Bud Clockstad trained for him at Long Acres. Joe Toy trained for him as well. And Bud uh, uh, in the Hall of Fame here in Washington. And Ed certainly uh, will be missed. A uh, really nice fella. He passed away in February. Fred Lambert also passed away earlier this year. Uh, many of you will remember his name as a Northwest jockey. He rode all around the Northwest, so much in uh, Playfair and Yakima, and he also rode at Long Acres. He passed away at the age of 88 after suffering a stroke. He was born in Washington and uh, just a real affable guy. He worked at Playfair after he retired from riding. Fred Lambert passes at age 88. So some sad notes there in the Washington thoroughbred industry. We'll get back on track uh, when we come back from a short break here on Horse Racing Northwest. 
The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Horse Racing Northwest continues. Thanks for joining us as we are uh, a little bit of an irregular schedule this time of year. We get back to every week at Emerald Downs once the racing season begins. Opening day, May 15th, opening on a Sunday this year. And uh, we're going to have a new track announcer this year, Vince. Uh, Tom Harris uh, did a great job here for about four years. Yeah, it's it's hard to believe Tom was here four years. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Tom announced he wanted to spend more time, step down. And, you know, Tom had been commuting from eastern Washington or even Idaho to uh, Auburn every week, and that got to be a bit much. So uh, Tom will be around, he said. He'll make a couple of visits over here. But uh, Tom Harris uh, stepping aside means we have a new track announcer. Yeah, just uh, another comment on Tom. He he did a really fine job. He's a pro. He's called uh, uh, races at over 20 tracks, and he stepped right in here and did a super job And with the thoroughbred races and the promotions. And as Vince said, uh, he's got a you know, young kid. He was coaching him in baseball, I know, a couple of years ago, but he's... Uh, I think he did move to Idaho, so he's even yeah. a little farther east. You, you know, the, and one of my favorite Tom Harris stories kind of shows what a good guy he is. We all know Joe had to step in the year Law Biden Citizen beat any port in a storm in the Long Acres Mall. I don't know if you're familiar with this, our guest Bill Downs, where Joe ended up calling the race at the last moment where Tom could not be heard over the PA system. So Joe stepped in with literally no warning and did a tremendous job calling the race. And that had to be a bit heartbreaking for our track announcer to the, miss the biggest race of the year. But Tom was very classy about it, oh, sure. congratulating Joe. Well, and he said, you know, everyone thought I must have had a heart attack or something. And he wasn't mad at anybody. He was just, you know, that's Tom was a very affable fella. And uh, that showed me something that day. Yeah. He was really a nice man. No, you're right there. And uh, Tom is... Uh, not necessarily retired from race calling, but uh, not this year at Emerald Downs. So we needed a new guy. And let's listen to this call from a race a couple years ago in the Midwest. As they turn into the stretch, Gray Mensch the first to face us. Shanghai Point, and it's Riv. Riv on the outside, the favorite swoops on in and powers to the front. As it's Govo, fouls that one on the far outside, up in the second, 16th to go. It's Riv who leads by two lengths over Govo, but it will be Riv. Riv in front. Govo is second, Shanghai Point third, and bootleg in fourth in the William Downs of third memorial. Riv won it, and that race was called by Bill Downs, and it was a pretty special race for him and his family. And let's bring on the new track announcer at Emerald Downs for 2022, one Bill Downs. Bill, good day to you. Hey, Joe. Hey, Vince. Thanks so much for having me on. There's the voice you're going to be hearing, ladies and gentlemen, from the sixth floor at Emerald Downs on opening day when racing resumes for our 27th season here. And uh, just to talk a little bit about that race, uh, um, John Dooley 
the track announcer at Arlington Park. I'm sure you knew him well. You guys are Midwest uh, partners there in race calling, and uh, you had the opportunity to have a special day for your family, Bill. Yeah, I grew up in uh, suburban Chicago. My dad was uh, well-known with anyone who went out to Arlington uh, Hmm. over the years uh, in terms of a a racing fan, and he passed away. And I was just talking to John. I was in town uh, after the races one afternoon, and um, right after my my dad passed, and he was around, and he asked asked management if, if we could have a race named after my dad. He knew my dad as well. And so it was a, you know, big honor, a lot of pressure. I'll tell you what, I, you know, I've called Indiana derbies before mm-hmm. with 12 horse fields in the rain, but, uh, uh when there, there's a, a race named after your, your late dad, you, you want to nail it. And I, I felt really good about that. That was a very, uh, emotional day. And ironically enough, John is the guy who's, uh, yeah. replacing me, uh, at Indiana. So, but, uh, John and I have, uh, are, are pretty good friends over the years. Uh, he was at Arlington for a very long time, and I appreciated him uh, helping helping uh, get that all arranged and uh, being able to call that race at Arlington. Yeah, great job, uh, uh, John, allowing you and your family to commemorate your father, who uh, we now know was a great racing fan, and that is uh, a big part of your family. Bill Downs is joining us. He is our track announcer for 2022, and Bill... You've got a few years of race calling behind you. Uh, kind of give us the chronology of uh, of your career. Well, it goes back a little ways, but uh, it's not uh, you know that extensive, if you will. I started at uh, Rapahoe Park outside of Denver, and then I uh, took the job at Beulah Park for uh, a little over a decade outside of Columbus, Ohio. That closed. I also called uh, the races at was the first announcer at Presque Isle Downs hmm. outside of Erie, Pennsylvania. And then uh, I left Presque Isle after uh, the, the late Luke Kreibos passed away, uh, the great track announcer from Hollywood hmm. Park days and Churchill Downs. He passed away. And then I took the job at Ellis Park for uh, a couple seasons. And then the, the then they... Uh, uh, I got a call one day and said, do you want to be the announcer? At the time, they were calling it Indiana Downs, and I was like, sure. And then I've been at Indiana Downs, Indiana Grand uh, for the last nine seasons, and uh, that's pretty much it. There was a little stint at River Downs, the old defunct River Downs, a couple summers uh, as well. Very good. Uh, yeah, Indiana Grand, uh, you know, uh, that signal is on a lot of TVs at Emerald Downs throughout the year, Bill. <laughs> um, Phil Ziegler, our track president, uh, certainly he's watching Indiana a lot, and it's mostly because of you, of course, but then there's that blonde in there, too, that uh, catches the eye now and then. But it looked like you guys had a lot of fun there. It's a long meet, four days a, ra- uh, four days a week, and uh, a lot of racing going on there. Yeah, uh, it, Rachel McLaughlin, yeah. and she just uh, had her, her second uh, child, okay. uh, a little boy named Houston, and I uh, was very happy to see that the uh, pregnancy went went off without a hitch. And Rachel and I were, uh, you know, tag team partners, if you will, on the television signal for those uh, nine seasons. Um, you know, uh, I mentioned my late dad who passed away in 2019. My mom passed away right after mm-hmm. that. And so Indianapolis wasn't like the the place I wanted to be. It was very convenient. It was it was great to be just three hour drive 
uh, away from Chicago. But after they passed away, and, you know, I took a look at where I wanted to be, and, I, and it wasn't just it wasn't Indianapolis, and it wasn't anything against Indiana Grant or anything like that. It just needed a, a little bit change of scenery, and, uh, and that, that was pretty much the reason why I left. But uh, I have some very fond memories uh, of the racing at Indiana Grant, and you know, it was a small part of taking that signal and you know, kind of increasing the exposure. You know, Rachel uh, very active on Twitter. I try to. Uh, you know, be on social media as much as possible uh, during the race day. And uh, we kind of, you know, elevated uh, things a little bit, uh, at least in terms of exposure um, yes. in central Indiana. Yes, you did. You very much did. And the racing was really good there as well. So, uh, so good to have Bill Downs with us and our track announcer for 2022. Uh, and Vince, uh, you've corresponded with Bill a little bit in the past and, uh, you know, he had a good job at Indiana, but he did express interest, uh, you know, his, his, he perked up a little bit when Emerald Downs he came did, up. And Bill and I go back a ways. We worked, uh, yes. together back, uh, Lee with Stu Zanville back at Santa Anita. This would probably be in the, right around the Y2K time and whatever. And Bill was a fledgling announcer and Bill was a great handicapper too. I remember that he, uh. He could uh, put together some pretty amazing tickets. <laughs> Love to hear that, Bill. Uh, yeah, you're going to be involved in some uh, daily handicapping with us here. So uh, handicapping, I guess, you know, like myself, kind of went to the track with my dad and learned, uh, you know, I remember asking my dad the first few times, is this horse going to finish in the top three, Dad? Yeah, yeah, that horse will finish. <laughs> so I'd go bet that horse to show. And then, uh, of course, I, I grew from there in my own uh, scrutiny of the racing form. But that's probably how you got involved with your father, huh, Bill? Absolutely. We used to go to Arlington was the first track that I ever went to. Uh, of course, there was other tracks in Chicago. I eventually got to the old Sportsman's Park mm. with those uh, tight turns, uh, Hawthorne as well, which is still there, and, uh, and conducting thoroughbred and harness racing. Uh, both uh, breeds uh, throughout the year at Hawthorne. And, uh, yeah, you know, my dad taught me a whole lot. My dad was a, a big-time uh, turf pedigree guy, so I, I learned a little bit about that. And, you know, I, I have uh, um, qualified for the – I think they call it the National Horse Players Championship these days, the NHC, yep. what everyone knows it as. I've qualified for that uh, 10 times over the years. Wow. Best finish was the uh, 15th one year. And uh, so, yeah, it's something I like to uh, dabble with uh, every now and then. And the one time I actually got to Emerald Downs, Joe and Vince, was for a handicapping contest at Emerald Downs right. uh, quite a few years ago. I can't remember exactly. I really would have to, you know, go back and try and pinpoint it. But um, that's what always struck me, as, you know, coming to Emerald Downs was the on-track experience and, and the fans and the, the excitement, if you will. And uh, can't wait to just get started in uh, mid-May. That's great. Yeah, we've got a full promotional schedule back again. And uh, you're going to see some good crowds out here. Um, we've got a lot of horsemen that uh, are tried and true Northwesterners that come back every year. And we are looking forward to a really good season. Bill has one problem, though. <laughs> he is a tremendous Green Bay Packers fan. And now you're coming into the <laughs> teeth of Seattle Seahawks country. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, I, I, you know, I've, I've, I've lived all across the country, so I'll give you even, even, uh, even bigger why I'm a, I'm a, a Packer fan. My dad, 
My late dad has season tickets pre-Vince Lombardi. He's had them since 1957. Wow. And a few years before he passed away, he made sure to all the paperwork was was in place. I didn't even have to do anything. He took he he, he filled out the paperwork uh, for me, if you will, and and. And he told me, you know, everything's fine. You're 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 now the season ticket holder, if you will. So I got season tickets to the Green Bay Packers. Um, I've gone every year since I about since about six years old, minus uh, I guess the the COVID year where basically no fans got to go. Mm. But the uh, Packers, true and true. I know they have a, a long history with the Seahawks. Uh, yeah. A couple really famous games. Uh, but you know, I. No, no, no problems at all with uh, with with the Seahawks, and uh, hopefully baseball. We'll uh, get things uh, going. Uh, you know, they got the lockout or whatever else is going on with the baseball uh, labor, and hopefully they get things going because I like to go see a few Mariner games as well. Very good. Uh, we can do that. You mentioned, uh, uh, well, we heard the one race you called. What, Bill, what's your I- idea of the perfect track announcer? Uh, you got to be accurate. That's that's first and foremost. If, you, if you're not accurate, you, everything else is just, you know, I guess fluff. Um, I would like to be, I I like announcers that kind of paint a picture, kind of like the, the old, um, not like baseball, but like a baseball announcers, radio baseball announcers to paint a picture and yes, baseball and horse racing much different, but I like if you were to close your eyes and I, I call a race, did you kind of know what happened during the race? Uh, not just first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, um, but you know, placement on the track. Uh, you know, anything I can throw in that that's not over the top, of course, but it might add a little bit of flavor to the race as well. That's that, that, that on occasion that can be uh, uh, entertaining. Um, but you know, it's the you know first yeah, you know, like I said, the, the first thing is is it's accuracy. And anytime you know a track announcer can't be perfect. So anytime I, I almost kind of know when I those rare occasions that I screw up, I get very upset at myself. But uh, you know, at the same time, I've been doing it for many years. It, you can't be perfect. I think I like I like to think I do a pretty good job in the accuracy department, and uh, um, and you know, I think people uh, appreciate uh, that aspect of my race calls. Very good. Yeah, and you know, I have heard so many of your calls watching the Indiana Signal after our meet ends, and and often on. Uh, Thursday when we haven't been racing, um, and I'll make a comment to Vince and other people often on track announcers, but, uh, Bill, I can honestly say I've never said, uh, one negative thing about you ever. And that's just a little sidelight, but it's not, it's a positive. So, uh, yeah, coming from you, Joe, that's, that's a big time compliment because, uh, uh, I know that, uh, You've been around there at Emerald Downs uh, for a, a very, very long time, and I respect uh, uh, your opinion, and uh, that's, uh, that, that is a, a compliment, to say the least. Well, that's great. Bill Downs at the Downs in 2022, yes. D-O-W-N-E-S, Bill. But uh, looking forward to meeting you in person. Great to have you on our podcast, and uh, you stay in good shape, good health, and we'll see you very soon, Bill. Sounds good, guys. Thanks, Thank you. Thanks to Bill Downs, our new track announcer. At Emerald Downs, opening day once again is May 15th for the 2022 season. Uh, so we've got a couple other things to do here on Horse Racing Northwest. I just wanted to update some of the top horses from 2021. You could be hearing uh, more about them at the awards banquet. 
uh, our top earner for 2021, Blazing Bella Blue, had those uh, two stakes wins down at Turf Paradise after she won a stake here. And she's been off. Uh, Petra Lewin, part owner and breeder of Blazing Bella Blue, reports that she's doing very well. She's just uh, uh, just getting going for uh, light training for Emerald Downs to get ready here for our meet. So just a little bit of a layoff for her after a huge season. Huge Bigley made 138000 last year. He's in at Oaklawn on Saturday in a big purse. Harbored Memories. Had a huge year. The son of Harbor the Gold is a colt, a four-year-old colt now. And he did very well in Southern Cal. He's had a lot of works at Santa Anita. He's getting very close to a race. And our fourth hundred grand earner from 2021, it's all in the notes, just ran third at Oaklawn last weekend in a $100,000 race. So she's in training as well. There's a little bit of an update. Hey, it's time for a segment we've done once before. Let's do it again. It's movie lines, and uh, this is kind of a Vince and I thing. Uh, Vince, um, here's a movie line, and you're probably going to know this one because this was a uh, uh, pretty darn famous movie from the 60s. So uh, this character goes, $162.39 a week. Well, boy... Take him outside wood, but treat him easy. Because a man that makes $162.39 a week, man, we do not want to ruffle him. You remember that one a little bit, I'm sure. Sure do. The great late Rod Steiger. Yep. Playing Chief Gillespie in the heat of the night, talking to Sidney Poitier, uh, uh, Mr. Tibbs, yeah, uh, who just passed. An officer from Philadelphia was visiting his family down in Mississippi, and I uh, got involved in uh, a murder case with Chief Gillespie, Rod Steiger. And let's hear Rod Steiger, who won an Oscar as Best Supporting Actor for that role in The Heat of the Night, 1967. $162.39 a week. Well, boy... You take him outside, Wood, but treat him easy because a man that makes $162.39 a week, man, we do not want to ruffle him. Great movie if you haven't seen it, In the Heat of the Night from 1967. Uh, how about you, Vince? <coughs> Excuse me. This is from one of my favorite movies of all time. So, we are the Federales, you know, the mounted police. Oh, yeah. If you're the police, wear your badges. Badges? We ain't got no badges. We don't need no batches. I don't have to show you any stinking batches. That is Gold Hat, Alfonso Badoya, the mm. actor, talking to Fred C. Dobbs, who was the great Humphrey Bogart in The Treasure of Sierra Madre, which came out in 1948. Great movie. Okay, and let's hear the actual clip. Batches. We ain't got no batches. We don't need no batches. I don't have to show you any stinking batches. That was oh, the first time I saw that. I don't think I saw that movie till, I want to say the 80s, which is a real shame for me. But wow, what a fantastic movie. The Treasure of Sierra Madre. A young Robert Blake had a very small part in there. Walter Houston. Walter Houston won an Academy Award yeah. in that movie. Yeah, Robert Blake sells Humphrey Bogart a winning lottery ticket in the movie. And the movie is essentially about the nature of greed and how it can corrupt the mind. And... Uh, just a sensational uh, movie, especially Humphrey Bogart. Oh, and boy. you mentioned Walter Houston. John Houston, his father, directed the movie. And uh, 
Tim Holt is Tim in Holt, there. right. And he was in a lot of Westerns over the years. Uh, filmed on location mainly in Durango, uh, Mexico. So uh, if you've never seen it, it's worth your time. It's a couple of couple hours you will immensely enjoy, uh-huh. The Treasure of Sierra Madre. And, of course, Joe, your movie, The Heat of the Night, another one, another one of my favorites. Yeah, it's definitely in my top ten. Okay, sports shorts. You know, we've been talking about other sports here on our sports shorts segment. I'm going to horse racing, and I'm going to Northwest Horse Racing, Washington bred horse, jazzing with Wendy, and those who are regular podcast uh, listeners to Horse Racing Northwest probably know this, but it's still worth repeating because it's phenomenal. It's unique. It's sensational in any venue of thoroughbred racing jazzin with wendy won her career debut on june 27th 1996 here at emerald downs a daughter of jazzing around she was campaigned by uh, susan k stables victor the predictor cassetti running that syndicate she won her debut on june 27th 1996 then she won on june 27th 1997 she won on june 27th 1998 and yes she won on June 27th, 1999. All those wins here at Emerald Downs. She also did very well in Southern Cal, but winning on the same date, running on the same date, running four years in a row, running on the same date four years in a row, but she won. Vince, uh, that one's hard to top as far as racing kind of positive oddities. Yeah, when I was in Southern Cal, there was a horse named Flick, F-L-I-C-K. I believe he ran in the on Big Cap Day, six straight years, wow. according to line maker Jeff Tufts. But that wasn't the same day every year. But uh, yeah. he was kind of a 40 claimer on the turf. I and uh, it was just kind of a coincidence that he would always show up on Big Cap Day. But certainly not the same, exact same date. That is incredible. It really is. Uh, your sport short? So I'll go to some old NBA, Joe. You okay. know I like to talk that stuff sometimes. Uh, the 77-78 Sonics are... Pretty famous team around mm-hmm. these parts. They kind of came out of nowhere and came within a game of winning it all. And then, of course, they followed up the next year by winning the title. But in 77-78, the Sonics started the season horrendously, you might recall. Under Bob Hopkins, they began the season 5-17. and 17. Lenny Wilkins is hired as coach. He had been the director of player personnel, so they made the move in and, and replaced Bob Hopkins. So in the Sonics opening game that year, they played the Golden State Warriors. The Sonics lost at Golden State 116-84. to um, Do you want to hear the Sonics played 11 guys? You know who came off the bench, did not start that night for the Sonics when they lost by 32 to the Warriors? Joe Hassett, that makes sense. He was kind of a scrub for a couple years, had a good shot. Al Fleming, who I could tell you almost nothing about. And then the other four guys who came off the bench did not start. Jack Sigma, Dennis Johnson, Gus Williams, and John Johnson Jeez. were on the bench for a team that were 5-17. and 17. So one of the things Lenny Wilkins did when he took over the team was he immediately, uh, Slick Watts was traded to New Orleans. Fred Brown was Got his new role coming off the bench, which was perfect for him. And he inserted uh, Gus Williams and Dennis Johnson into the backcourt to make a tremendous uh, defensive and offensive tandem. And, of course, Jack Sigma was a revelation as a rookie at center. So kind of interesting. Yeah, that, that is. That's great. No one really knew uh, how deep that team really was uh, coming up that year. How many games did those four that you mentioned that became starters very soon, along with Gus Williams, how many games did they start together over the next 
three, four, five and, years. Yeah, and they were a very cohesive unit. They uh, really worked well together, you oh. know, on the court. JJ yeah. was a good uh, passing forward, and of course, Sigma, terrific defender and rebounder, and Dennis Johnson and... Uh, Dennis Johnson was terrific defensively. Gus Williams was one of my favorite players of all time to watch in the open court. He would get the ball at midcourt, Joe, and you never knew what was going to happen. He never did the same thing twice. He was a unique player, uh, largely forgotten, I think underrated all time, but just a very fun, explosive, dynamic player. Yeah, one of the faster dribblers in NBA history. Maurice Cheeks is right up there. I'm sure there's a couple others, but okay. A sport short, both of them local this time around. And uh, how about some picks? I'll go first. I'm going to... Well, well wait a minute. We got to talk about last time. Oh. We got some bragging to do oh. here for you. Okay. Yeah, that's true. I forgot about that because uh, uh, the money's out, been spent. <laughs> we don't just give out $60 winners that often. So, Joe, you want to highlight your pick there? What happened? Call Me Midnight won the LeCompte over uh, Papa Cap was third and second was a horse that's back in the Risen Star this weekend. Um, that was Epicenter. So, uh, yeah, call me midnight. I gave him out on our last show, and he did win. He got up at the wire from off the pace. Son of Midnight Loot, trained by Keith DeSormo, uh, paid $59. And, uh, yeah, Very nice. I, I did make a wager on him, so that Not worked me. out okay. Yeah, I, th I had a, I just looked it up. Dude, it's a party, a horse I picked. Uh, finished sec good second yeah. in his. First time in starter in uh, his debut but he was only 4.4 .4 to 1 that's no 59 dollar horse so yeah. okay. again tremendous job giving out that winner thank you hopefully someone out there took your advice okay well yeah and this week let's go to back to the fairground since they're they have a great card on saturday of course the risen star their feature race race number 13 is going to go off about four o'clock uh, Pacific time. And I'm going to take a horse from that Risen Star. Call Me Midnight is not coming back. However, Epicenter was second. Papa Cap was third. Trafalgar was fourth. They're all back in the race. But there's a horse called Slow Down Andy on the outside, trained by Doug O'Neill, uh, the 10 horse in a 10 horse field, the son of Nyquist out of the Good Mare Edwina E by Square Eddie. Slow Down Andy. Uh, won his career debut in October at Santa Anita, going five and a half, uh, close second in the Golden State Juvenile at Del Mar. And then he won the Los Alamitos Futurity over Messier. Messier, of course, most recently won by 15 lengths in the Bob Lewis earlier this month at Santa Anita and was spectacular and is number one on a lot of people's Kentucky Derby projection lists right now but slow down andy beat him going a mile into 16th first two turn race for slow down andy was a success messier was what nine lengths in front of the third place horse that day when slow down andy won he's got tactical speed mario guterres of course heading east to ride slow down andy for doug o'neill in the risen star on Saturday at the fairgrounds, race 13, I'll go with him. We don't have the morning line for that yet. I, I think he's going to be around 9 to 2 because a Smile Happy's in there, the uh, lowest horse in odds in the recent Kentucky Derby Future book. And Epicenter and Papa Capper in there They're going to well. take money, yeah. yeah. But certainly some people are going to notice that uh, who he was running against. Yeah, that's and, true. But you're going to get fair value. That, that's an interesting selection. I'm going to go to race nine Sunday at Oaklawn Park. I think this is the race after Backgrounds okay. Comeback Race. This is a starter allowance for fillies and mares, broke their maiden for 30 or less. And going a mile and 16th, the horse I kind of like here is 10 to 1 on the morning line named Pipestone. 
Norm McKnight is the trainer. He's a guy I've had a lot of success with over the years with this Woodbine Oaklawn Park connection. Pipestone making its first start since she was claimed back on the 5th of November at Woodbine. She's a five-year-old by Munning, so the only she has never raced on dirt. So that's kind of hoping she will uh, pick yep. up her feet on that. And she's out of a honor and glory, a mare who did not run well on her only three starts on dirt. But this horse has a beautiful style. I watched a couple of the races, and there is a horse in the race called I'm the Boss of Me who's going to be out winging. And I think she has a chance to sit just off of her early. What's the distance? A mile and a sixteenth. Okay. So she's going a mile and a sixteenth off the bench, which, of course, is a tough assignment. But I think it uh, uh, 10 to 1 offers fair value. Yeah. Good connections. Ramon Vasquez has got them out to ride. Norm McKnight, the trainer. So let's see what a five-year-old Munnings mare can do in race number nine, Sunday at Oaklawn. Okay. What, what was her record last year like, Pipestone? Pipestone, she had five outs, one win, two seconds, and one third, okay. made 37,000. Very good. 10 to 1, Pipestone at Oakland on Sunday, race 9, and I'll go Saturday to the Risen Star at the fairgrounds. Okay, hey, a lot of stuff on this show. Just one more thing, trivia. Last week's, uh, last uh, show's question was, who's the number two stake sire at Emerald Downs in track history behind Harbor the Gold. Harbor the Gold with 70 stakes wins as a sire. Who's number two? Well, Michael Tarlow got it among our entries that were responded. Michael won again. That's two shows in a row for Michael. Great job. Sloot'll do the second still with 27. Harbor the Gold passed him in 2013 as the leading stake sire. And Sloot'll do is still in second place with 27 stakes wins. Michael knew that. All right, so Michael gets some more swag. He's going to be wearing Emerald Down stuff all the time when he shows up here. New question, and send your answers to emeralddowns.com, or excuse me, trivia at emeralddowns.com, trivia at emeralddowns.com. Since 1996, which year produced the most $100,000 Washington bread earners? As we mentioned, this past year, 2021, had four $100,000 Washington earners. And, of course, races all over accumulate the total earnings, not just at Emerald Downs. But uh, which year had the most? And this year really stands out. So uh, do your research. Find out which year had the most $100,000 Washington bread earners. And send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com. Thanks so much to Jeff Metz and Bill Downs for joining us. And Vince, we got uh, a lot of words out on this show. We did. And the next time we speak, we will have uh, training underway here at the track. That's right. Monday, February 28th, horses on the track at Emerald Downs for our upcoming season. Thanks for listening to Horse Racing Northwest. <laughs>